재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We begin International News Digest in Taiwan. The uh, Defense Ministry there on Monday announced they will scrap the country's one-year compulsory military service by the year 2018, a part of a shift to transition to an all-voluntary military force. Now, the island nation's been struggling to end conscription for many years now, but they face numerous delays because of insufficient recruitment numbers. And this move also comes at a bit of a sensitive time with cross-strait relations uh, rattled by the uh, a very controversial phone call that was uh, made between President-elect Donald Trump in the United States and the Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen. Uh, to give us more analysis on the situation, very pleased to have joining us from Singapore's Nanyang Technological University, S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies, Dr. Wu Shang Su. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, Henry. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Wu. Uh, first, in terms of conscription, uh, what is the uh, government's main reason for trying to do away with it? Well, I think generally Pupa, but mostly it's a political reason. The political reason is uh, in Taiwan, uh, serving the conscription is relatively not that popular. So regarding the votes, so they in the 2000, they start to cut shorted of the conscription. And for military purposes, uh, when the conscription getting shorter, training uh, soldier getting more difficult, especially after train, they will leave the unit very soon. So they hope extend the service. And another reason is uh, because conscript uh, is a train then too hard. Sometimes will lead some complaint from the people, especially from parents. So they think voluntary one, they will have a more motive or, or better legitimacy to train them harder rather than the conscript. Yeah, and this is something that is of interest to us here, and I imagine somewhat to to uh, Singapore as well, because uh, three countries we have that in common, where we have a, a mandatory um, military service provision. Um, if you do away with conscription uh, in a country like Taiwan, uh, are there concerns that there would be some kind of a manpower shortage and uh, defense readiness would somehow be uh, damaged? Uh, yes, I think Taiwan even. When the conscription still running, so like like now, they have a certain portion shift to they call the substitute service or the alternative service to the governmental institute, school, or the nursing home rather than military. So they already spare out. So in Taiwan, usually there's a, of course, the officially they don't like to admit, but there's a certain portion of units they are undermanned. They are not have enough personnel to run their normal unit, uh, the unit for their basic uh, human uh, human requirement. And again, I, I I keep comparing the situations for South Korea. There is this uh, mandatory uh, service, this conscription, uh, because of the threat from North Korea. For for countries like Singapore, there are um, uh, uh, challenges uh, in the region, neighboring Malaysia, for example. But for Taiwan, they are facing somebody who's on a scale much much larger than uh, any of what we necessarily deal with in terms of um, uh, threats or challenges. Is there a sense that Taiwan simply just has a feeling, look, there's just no way we ourselves as a tiny island nation can compete with uh, China's huge might? Uh, but straight, actually, well, we did put a pure military sense. Straight actually helped a lot, so they were constrained how much force uh, China can project to Taiwan. And Taiwan's a Terran can somehow self-sustain even under blockade. Ideally, even can sustain you know six six months or certain months. 
And actually, in the uh, the the final two years in Second World War, Taiwan was uh, somehow be isolated by U.S. Navy, but it still keep keep fighting under Japan's uh, governance. So, militarily, even face China's uh, superiority, you got some sense to fight. The problem is generally in Taiwan, the you can say morality or confidence on defense uh, is quite weak. Right now. You mentioned how it's not a very uh, popular thing among people, especially the young men. And we have the same issue here in South Korea where able-bodied men have to serve for over two years, usually uh, losing kind of the prime of their lives, have um, delays in their career aspirations. And it's unpopular, but it becomes a kind of ideological uh, left versus right argument where the conservatives say you have to be uh, patriotic and serve your country and uh, always be mindful of the North Korean threat. Uh, do, is there a, a sort of a complicated political calculation in Taiwan as far as knowing that it's... Uh, like, yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in Taiwan, some people, they have a strong Chinese identity, identity and they will have a question, why, why should I fight with our, our fellows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they, they will have the question. And some other so-called have a Taiwan identity or the nationalism. The problem is Taiwan has many people have a double standard. They will say, "I love my country, but you die for her." You know, it's the, they they don't want to sacrifice. Actually, around of, um, some friends, they always say independence. But when they face the military service, with the conscription, they try to find some excuse to to shy away to shift to the social service. Even some political figures, uh, some some student leader in the Sunflower Movement, they say Taiwan independent. But when they miss face the military service, some stay in school try to postpones shift to the social service yeah and that that again breeds a lot of resentment especially in countries where it seems like the elite can get a little bit more of a advantage or uh, a little bit of privilege in those kind of assignments you mentioned um the fact that china taiwan can still hold their own um i know that china of course and a lot of militaries around the world are modernizing and streamlining and maybe even uh, cutting down the number of actual uh soldiers uh, in terms of its uh, military capabilities can taiwan also at the same time, if their numbers decrease in terms of manpower, still uh, become a more effective military through um, whether it's purchasing modern equipment or modernizing its um, way of uh, readiness. Um, that's a that's a in Taiwan's case is more challenging. I think for two reasons. The first thing is that uh, traditionally we stay in the conventional war. That means China only can use a landing, use the air air airborne invasion. They may they may be able to do so. But the problem is nowadays the cross-trade interaction is so frequent. They are every year have a millions of Chinese visitors. And they can easily hide certain number, could be thousands of uh, no matter special force or other kind of agent penetrating. So if a really uh, unconflict happened in the Taiwan trade, it won't be a conventional war only. Mm. There will be also the sabotage happened somehow like uh, a Korean movie called Shiri, I remember yeah. that in the 1990 movie. Somehow like that, but much bigger scale. Right. And that means in Taiwan's case, not just about soldier to fight. There will be all people living there because the whole island is under China's firepower. A lot of people debate this, uh, Professor Wu, but how likely is it that China would invade. Everyone always says North Korea would be suicidal to to try and invade um, South Korea. Uh, would would that be? I mean, it wouldn't be worth the risk for China to have a hostile act against Taiwan at this uh, stage, right? 
Yes, I, uh, uh, I think there's, there, are, there are two parts. Yes, one part is the U.S. Uh, deterrence, and another part is uh, nowadays China having more uh, leverage, more channel to influence Taiwan. Mm. Compared to 10 years or 15 years ago, that time military was the main concern, but now they can sue the economy, they can, especially like the investment, like the trade, like the finance, and not to mention that price have a channel directly to Taiwan's politician. So, militaries, they, they cannot give up because that's uh, always uh, one element. They have uh, no reason to give up. But on the other hand, is, uh, of course, they can use politics, they can use economy other way to go first. Final question, and you, we talk about Donald Trump and that phone call and his even um, somewhat uh, alarming statements that he may want to re-talk uh, about the uh, one-China policy. Uh, what do you think the effect of Donald Trump becoming president of the United States will have on the cross-strait dynamics? Uh, of course, we, we still haven't seen the official policy, but if uh, according to this trend, uh, Donald Trump will maybe have a more conflict with the with the China, and at the same time, if China want to retaliate, if uh, they face certain thing upset or certain kind of challenge, they want to challenge back, and Taiwan will be the easiest target for China to do, no matter economy, politics, or militarily. So Taiwan is if uh, want to keep better relations with the U.S., they should prepare better. All right. uh, so far, we haven't seen the sign they have uh, significantly to improve. Mm. Interesting indeed. Uh, Dr. Wu, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much.